Welcome to The Lens, hosted by Catalysis, where we get a glimpse inside healthcare organizations that are transforming to a culture of improvement to deliver continually higher value outcomes for patients, staff, and communities. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens for more information about Catalysis. Welcome back to The Lens. I'm your host, Peter Mariahazi. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Peter Ward, Director, Center for Operational Excellence, to discuss how lean thinking helped establish mass vaccination sites in metro areas around the country. Also, how it helps in the transition to smaller vaccination sites after the initial rush. Before we start our discussion, I would like to introduce our organizational subscription to the Catalysis Academy. This is a great opportunity for your organization to establish common ground in learning so you can build a community of problem solvers. Check it out at createvalue.org academy to learn more. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. So to start, let's, let's tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and the Center for Operational Excellence. Let's introduce them to you. Sure. Sure. So I've been a professor at Ohio State University in Fisher College of Business for more than 30 years. Recently, I moved to um, emeritus status, which, uh, you know, I think people who are, who are not academicians would, would, would might say they're retired, but uh, professors never retire. They're like old soldiers. They, they keep on going. Uh, and uh, I continue to, uh, to lead the Center for Operational Excellence and, and do a number of other things that, uh, that, I, that I really enjoy. Um, you know, since about 1998, my research and teaching have both uh, been focused on, on lean principles and lean thinking and doing. And, and uh, I have had uh, a lot of pleasure, met a lot of people, learned an awful lot in that, uh, in that time. And it led me to um, uh, be able to develop a... Uh, a master's program in operational excellence, uh, and it is uh, open to um, people in all industries. About a third of our students are in healthcare, um, and uh, there's just great cross uh, pollination of the uh, of healthcare folks and and, and other people in uh, in learning about uh, lean and how to lead in a lean environment and how to how to make things better, um, and uh, that is also uh, very, very uh, uh, tied up with our, our Center for Operational Excellence, which is uh, really a, a, a consortium of about 30 organizations or 30 some organizations who are uh, all interested in uh, getting better uh, through operational excellence and lean thinking. And uh, the emphasis is on, on, on learning from each other and uh, the, the, again, cross industry and lots of learning across those industrial boundaries including healthcare. Well, thank you for that, Peter. And I can tell you, uh, you know, having uh, dealt with you for a few years now, uh, emeritus status that for you is nowhere near retired because as busy as you are and as involved as you are, uh, there's a lot. And, and for the listeners' benefits, Catalysis really gains uh, real strength from Peter because he serves on our board of directors and we're flattered to have him involved with that. And that's fantastic. So, so let's talk a little bit about mass vaccination sites that they needed to be set up in metro areas all over the country. Did lean thinking and practice help in the design of the systems with which you are most familiar? Well, I think there are lots of stories there in terms of how they were, how they were set up and lots of variation. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
upon reflection, we'll kind of learn what, uh, what, what best practices were and what have you. But I did have a chance to, to look in some depth at the, um, at the mass vaccination effort at, at, at Ohio State, at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Um, and uh, that was a, uh, a, a chance that, uh, you know, partly because uh, it, was, uh, it was right here and partly because I know a lot of the people who, um, uh, who are involved in the design and, and, and implementation of, that, of, the, uh, of the system through, through my many years of teaching. Uh, was able to, um, uh, you know, serve as a, an, an observer and and, uh, uh, and, and draw some uh, draw some insights. Um, more generally, I've been interested in how you know anytime something like mass vaccination comes up, boy, this is new, it's different, it, it's uh, got to be kind of hard, um, and so uh, presents some operational challenges. So that was the the idea there. So I, I'd I'd love to share some of the. The, uh, the the insights from uh, from from what I've uh, observed and and, uh, and looking at things. Absolutely, tell us how. Tell us how some of those operational challenges are different and and unique and and really what distinguishes a lean influence design from others. Yeah, so I think the um, you know that the lean approach. Um, it was uh, it was certainly reflected at, at Ohio State, and I, I, I assume at, at, at a number of the uh, uh, centers across the country. And of course, we had metro centers everywhere. Uh, we we had these uh, sites going up, and and uh, without a lot of central guidance, just you know, we have to go and do this. There's a there's a job to do. Let's figure out how to do it. And uh, but what I observed at uh, in terms of the lean thinking and practice. At, um, at at Ohio State was first of all right from the start. You know we, we uh, you know we always put the customer first when we think about lean or in, in, in healthcare. Uh, you know the patient first or the uh, the recipient of, of, of the uh, health healthcare services. Um, and the idea is that you know here we had a you know a, a big population very diverse, uh, but they all were uh, in, in, in some hesitant right, but all um, all were interested in really uh, you know safe easy and quick. Um, and so that was, that had to be uh, not only, not only had to be safe, easy and quick, it also had to appear to be safe and appear to be easy and appear to be quick. So we had to, uh, you know, to, to have a very, very clean design of something that was, you know, had to pop up very quickly. So there was a, a, a challenge there, but I think putting that customer first was really important. Um, the second thing I, I, I would say is, is just the, uh, uh, you know, lean is experimental. Uh, in, its, in its very nature. Okay, so this notion of plan, do, check, adjust um, is very, very familiar to, uh, to anyone who is uh, uh, working in, a, in an environment where, where lean is, is part, of the, part of the culture. And uh, that, that PDCA was, was really um, uh, integral uh, to, uh, to, to, to doing this, because after all, we were doing is we, we had lots of experience in giving people shots over the years, after all, but never at this, at the, at this scale. Um, and, you know, with this quick, uh, uh, this, this quick timeline that, that we're, lives were in the balance, right? We had to get this, uh, we had to get this done as, as, as quickly as possible, get as many people who are willing to be vaccinated, uh, vaccinated, uh, absolutely as quickly as we could. And so it naturally uh, involves some experimentation and, and, um, and, and doing, uh, uh, learning from doing. Uh, what I would say made it lean was the, uh, you know, the, the, the we, play, we talk about plan, do, check, adjust, is the check, adjust part. 
you know, I think naturally when you put a, a, a new process in place, there's experimentation and trial and error. What, what PDCA allows us to do is it's more than trial and error. You know, there's a reflection that allows us to actually learn from the, what we just tried and then adjust that um, in, a, in, a, in a systematic way that really is um, uh, re really at the heart of, um, of lean thinking and, 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 and practice. So I think that was a, a real uh, uh, aspect of, of uh, the, the entire design that, that, that was in fact lean. Um, I would also say that the, uh, the use of standardized work was, was very, uh, very important. Uh, and uh, the actual taking the time to actually go and uh, uh, develop the uh, uh, develop work standards and how to how to actually uh, implement those in a uh, in an environment and and then of course what that allowed us to do then is any you know any changes that, that had to be made be because of what we've learned from experimentation um, could be quickly reflected in that standardized work and used to train the uh, uh, vaccinators. Um, uh, and, and others, other staff were, were involved, you know, thousands of people involved in the actual, doing the actual work. So there's lots of, uh, lots of need for standardization and the ability to actually develop and use standardized work was just uh, uh, you know, a lean thing, but a very important lean thing uh, in making all this work. And then the, the final thing that occurs to me is uh, the daily management. And putting a system of daily management in place uh, that really facilitated, you know, that up and down uh, communication um, it, it was was just really uh, really an important aspect of it. And again, very much a lean thing, you know, that that idea of, of uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to have you know meetings at a regular cadence. We're going to you know have a, a a very quick organized way. Uh, to communicate, and we're going to be able to check check how we're doing, check our status, make improvements or or, or changes where we need to in, in, in reaction to uh, uh, the, the the status check. So, Peter, many times I hear the analogy of you know it was kind of like you know building an airplane while you're flying it, and you're making adjustments in the air, and and it was very rapid deployment. Yeah. And and you brought up the daily management systems, and I think many of our listeners tend to think in terms of my day-to-day -day daily management system yeah. and, and not think of that of how does that work within a kind of a crisis situation and how does that help? And, mm -hmm. you know, you talked about the up and down and back and forth. So, so talk to us in a, in a lean context, if you would, about the daily management system and how that helped that communication up and sure. down. And if it was in place already, what, you know, how did that support the whole process? Yeah. So there was no daily management system in place. You know, daily management at Ohio State is, is uh, you know, they're on their journey. Um, and daily management is uh, used in, uh, in some, some areas uh, more than others and, and what have you. And the system's is still maturing. But, you know, for this, this uh, new mass vaccination system, daily management is absolutely critical. Uh, critical because things were changing all the time. Their need for, uh, you know, the, this constant communication, uh, you know, that the hierarchy had to understand what was happening at the front line. Uh, there was, uh, you know, a need for uh, certainly visual management was very important because this process was new to even very seasoned people that were not, not seasoned in this process. So uh, daily management was, was important. And I, I give the architects great credit 
in that they put a uh, they put a system in place. Um, and really, essentially, what is this is a cadence of check-ins. Uh, you know, where, where we check status, uh, we use visual controls to uh, communicate that status, and uh, problems are surfaced. And uh, if need, need be, uh, uh, escalated. And that, you know, the, those check-ins happen at the front line, but then they are also, there, there, there's um, uh, check-ins also occur at, uh, at, at the, uh, you know, at the management level where they have, uh, you know, they have daily, uh, daily meetings. Uh, at the management level to see what had happened at the, you know, what was reported from the, the frontline meetings. Um, and um, then there were weekly uh, meetings with, uh, with, with uh, top management in, in, the, uh, in the medical center and uh, that included the uh, CEO and the, uh, the CMO as well as the chancellor of the medical center. So there was uh, uh, from the, you know, basically from top to the, to the front line, there was a line of communication um, and uh, that, that allowed, uh, you know, uh, information to be passed down and, 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 and more important, you know, uh, problems to, that needed, that couldn't be solved locally, that needed escalation to be quickly moved up, uh, up the line. And that was, and that was, you know, sort of constructed in, in, a, in a more or less ad hoc, ad hoc way, although there were uh, bits and pieces that were available from, um, you know, from, from existing systems, but, but generally... Uh, that had to be done. And I should mention that the mass vaccination system as it was set up at, at, uh, at Ohio State was they had, uh, they organized it into sessions, four hour sessions. There were three sessions a day and, you know, set, and the, each of these session, sessions were staffed by different people. So uh, there were uh, a, uh, uh, you know, in a week, a thousand different people would, would, would be uh, involved. Uh, so lots and lots of change in terms of personnel, um, and they had a uh, there was a a, a, a huddle at the uh, beginning of, uh, of of each session, uh, and so three huddles a day, and in the, in those uh, huddles, you know changes to standardized work were talked about. You know what's the uh, you know what numbers can we expect. What's uh, what's new? What's uh, what needs to be uh, thought about? What were problems we had last time that we that we really have to surface? Um, and these were uh, so that was the, uh, the the sort of cadence. So uh, absolutely critical in this kind of you know what what could be chaos. They had to they had to put a uh, you know a very organized uh, system in place that appeared not only was organized but appeared to be organized. Uh, you know, to the uh, to this patient population, were coming in is all new to them as well, um, and uh, that was um, uh, all facilitated uh, by this by the daily management system. So, can you sustain improvement without a daily management system? Yeah, my uh, my experience is that you can improve uh, you can improve anything uh, uh, with with you know a good brain and hard work and uh, and and you know, open eyes, uh, but to sustain really does require some sort of daily management system. And I would tell you that as I, uh, you know, as I work with people, uh, you know, in, in healthcare and other industries for that matter, uh, no matter what we're doing, whether it is at the uh, uh, organizational level um, or at a, you know, in a, in a department, uh, if we're making an improvement, we have to link it to, it has to be linked somehow uh, to a daily management system. Because otherwise things fall apart, you know, yeah. eventually, 
often very fast, but 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 certainly eventually. Yep. That, that wise word. So, you know, you know if, if I could actually expand on that a little bit. Yes, please. So one, you know, I think one of the things is really was really interesting to me about this is is that, you know, very often and you know at at, uh, at LEI where I'm involved in a catalysis, you know, we talk about uh, you know organizational transformation. And how, you know, the, uh, you know, when we, we talk about management systems, daily management systems is part of that, that important component of that organizational transformation. Well, here we really weren't doing an organizational transformation. What we were doing is putting together a system that was going to last for a few months. Very, very important few months. But nonetheless, that's all it was. It's just a few months. And it was an ad hoc organization and it was going to not, you know, it was not, not going to last. So we weren't talking about transformation, but we were talking about um, you know, a, a system that needed to be good and needed to be improved. And we were able to, um, uh, you know, put a daily management system in place for the, I should say that I'm saying we, I'm taking more credit than I should. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the very smart clinicians and managers who, uh, who put this whole thing together uh, were able to put a daily management system in place. Uh, that, uh, you know, th th that worked, did its job, uh, despite the fact that it wasn't, you know, part of a, a large organizational transformation. So I think, you know, one of the lessons here is that um, if it's, you know, if you're going to fix it, if you're going to make it better, you put some sort of daily management in, in system in so that you can sustain, just right back to your question. Great. Thank you. So we've, we've had a few months of frenetic activity and lots of shots in arms going on mass vaccination. Yeah. It's, we're now transitioning to smaller scalar local yeah. sites and, and you've done some thought and, and written some things about that. So what lessons learned from the mass vaccination apply to setting up and improving these local sites that theoretically will be going on for a longer period of time? Sure. Sure. And of course, the first thing that comes to mind then is the daily management there and, and making sure that the daily management system uh, is in place there as well, uh, because we're going to want to be uh, we're going to be want to make making we're going to want to be making improvements. Um, and there are also improvements made um, at, uh, at various sites. Um, and we want to communicate that and and uh, uh, share uh, across uh, across sites in some sort of organized way, uh, what in, what improvements have been made? Uh, there's also uh, the notion of uh, visual management, which I haven't talked a lot about, but there is you know a big part of the um, the mass vaccination system uh, were the visual cues that helped the vaccinators and the and the uh, and the other staff, the runners and and what have you, to know where. Uh, uh, you know, where the patients were in, in, in terms of the process. Okay, were they, uh, you know, were they ready? Were they uh, getting ready? Were they, uh, you know, had they uh, ready? Were, were they, had they had their vaccination? How long did, it, you know, how long do they have to wait? And, and you know, uh, and, and, and what have you? And uh, just where do they go next? How does, how do people flow through the, uh, through the system? Uh, and all that was supported by a, you know, very, very nice set of visual cues. Well, as visual cues could be, um, a, you know, uh, easily transferred uh, to the smaller to the smaller sites as well, and again, in terms of patient safety and and uh, and, and all the good things that that uh, we wanted to accomplish, <coughs> all of that is supported by this um, 
by this visual management. So uh, that that's another thing that uh, was able to, uh, you know, be fairly easily uh, uh, translated. The other another thing that was uh, uh, was quite possible was was the uh, to uh, take advantage of you know the uh, you know the timing, how many patients we can. Uh, uh, accommodate in a, in a, in a single shift or in a single day, or, or, you know, how do we, how do we schedule? Well, there was lots of data on how, you know, on, on, on capacity and that, and, you know, at, at a, and the mass vaccination was set up in cells. Well, the, uh, the uh, individual vaccination sites looked a lot like a cell. Um, and therefore there's a lot of learning from that, that was, you know, uh, Hard work to um, you know to 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 get these estimates. They could you know much more uh, uh, easily uh, do that by by looking at the at the data from the um, uh, the mass vaccination site and and, and translate that into uh, a, a scale uh, that was appropriate for the uh, uh, the the remote sites. Sounds like we may need another podcast just on the visual you know, part of this, Oh yeah. talk a little bit more about that. Cause that, that would be, yeah. I'm sure very valuable. So, so we're kind of coming close to the end of time. So I want to give you an opportunity, Peter, any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners on this? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, um, I observed and was able to share with the, uh, uh with, with the design team was the, um, the importance of, uh, of reflection. You know, throughout this whole thing, you know, we talked earlier about the uh, the PDCA and you know what different differentiates PDCA from trial and error is that 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 reflection that reflection that occurs after the uh, you know after we try something and we re- reflect on what we've learned and that in, it you know suggests the next uh, the adjustment and the next the next experiment. Uh, I think we also. Uh, uh, it, it, reflection also helps us in understanding, uh, you know, the, the 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 stress that individuals are under, uh, and you know, we we often talk about burnout, you know, throughout the throughout the healthcare system, um, and I think you know, taking uh, taking some time, particularly I mean, leaders' time, uh, to uh, to reflect on on you know how they're doing and how their people are doing. Um, is, uh, is is terribly important. I mean, we, we saw that, that you know over this the months that uh, uh, this this process was in place, uh, there was uh, uh, you know uh, young leaders took an awful lot of responsibility and and, and you know way of the world, and they really needed they really needed to be managed, and that was uh, you know a, 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 managing that was really a product of of, of reflection. Um, I think that reflecting on the on the big picture. Uh, you know, sort of after the fact is also important. We learn about what, uh, uh, you know, what went right, what went wrong. Uh, it is, uh, it's a shame to, uh, uh, you know, to let that slip away. And I guess learning from others is another aspect of reflection that I would say is awfully important. Uh-huh. Uh, and applies not only to mass vaccination, but, you know, to, to you know, everything we do that, that uh, uh, is, uh, is big and new to us. Um, boy, it's, it's just awfully important to, uh, uh, you know, not to lose that knowledge because, you know, uh, you know Peter, that um, there's going to be something else coming down the road. Unfortunately, not probably not too long from now, 
uh, when we're going to have, uh, you know, another set of uh, expectations that are, are unrealistic, but nonetheless have to be met. And, you know, whatever we can learn from this last experience uh, is, is uh, going to be very helpful to us. That's a, that's a great closing thought, especially your, your comments, particularly about self-reflection and taking care of you as a whole and understanding what's happening to the yeah. people that are working around you and with you to try and accomplish this. Because th there's no question the stress was, you know, beyond what most people have ever had to deal with. So yeah. thank you for that comment. So, and Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And I want to thank you all for listening. Please visit createvalue.org slash the lens to find more information about the Catalysis mission to improve healthcare and other ways you can get involved with the Catalysis learning community. Please stay tuned for more episodes designed to help healthcare leaders support their organizations on a journey to organizational excellence. Thank you for listening. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens to learn more about how Catalysis can inspire you to accelerate change in your organization.